every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little What's Going On. We play the highlights, the big opinions, interviews from across the Zone Sports Network. Did I do it right there, Gordon? Because I, I, I didn't know I struggled with that across and across until very recently. Yeah, you did it perfectly. And so I'm trying to be I'm trying to be aware of that. Yeah, you're you're a you're a wordsmith, so I'm sure you don't have those things pop up in uh, your day to day conversation. But you've corrected me on it a couple of times, and somebody I might have been my wife, or or maybe even my mother, who corrected me on it the other day, and I thought, you know what, I I say that a lot. Jeez, I got to do something. Look at you, Jake. You're living and learning, and you're you know you're you're perfecting yourself. Look well, I'm trying. You. I'm trying. You know, and Look I can't uh, tease people for saying unthaw. If I've got similar imperfections <laughs> in my uh, daily communication. But you can't say irregardless now, right? That, I guess, is in the dictionary, although does that make it okay? Mm, that's up for debate, I guess. Yeah, there, are more, there are more important things to, uh, to have to worry about now since it's been given the seal of approval I suppose. at some level. But I didn't know I was doing the across-across thing, so I, I'm trying to figure that one out. Because across, a lot of, of people, course, a lot of people do. I mean, we all make mistakes. All right, let's uh, let's get into uh, DJ and PK. Gordon, you and I spent a lot of the two o'clock hour talking about the Tim McMahon piece in ESPN. Here's uh, the boys in the morning's thoughts. So PK, there is a massive story. How many words is that? Is that ten thousand words? There's a big story on ESPN.com. Tim McMahon, ESPN staff writer, posted it, and you're like, I didn't see it last night before I went to bed. Yeah, well, neither did I. That's because it got posted at four thirty-seven in the say, morning. It came out <laughs> bright and early. It's this good morning. though. It's good. It's uh, Tim McMahon did a good job of this. Uh, he was he was given access that not everybody gets. He's got. Quotes at length from Gobert, not so much from uh, Mitchell. There are a lot of takeaways in this, PK. Where would you like to jump in? There's some stuff we know that's new to the national audience. There's some stuff said off the record that you might have heard off the record. I know I have. And I suspect other people in Utah in the media have, too. Not just us, too. Uh, There's also some stuff that uh, I don't think we have heard. And I am curious who spoke off the record and who who could be plural. Um, it is plural. And that uh, how much of that was okay by the franchise and how much there'll be a desperate search now for who was talking. Well, there's, also about s- that. there's also stuff on the record here. Uh, Alex Jensen gets mentioned in here because every assistant, every player has an assistant coach they're partnered with. And it's about development and on-court stuff. And we Sometimes we see a little bit of that at the end, of, you know, to shoot around or end of a practice as you come in to talk. You can see people working. You can also see them talking. You know, it's not unusual for Alex to be sitting across the way on a bench talking to Rudy and talking to other players, but primarily Rudy. Uh, but there's also one-on-one time in the film room. There's time when they when they travel. And so if uh, if you're a hardcore jazz fan, it is definitely worth your time to read this. And it is long, but it's definitely worth your time to read this. Yeah, the reason why Mitchell is not quoted extensively is because he de- he 
declined an interview. It's yep. clear that and then the Jazz have been doing what these teleconferences are. Right. That's where they got the, they are. The That's where they got the from. Mitchell quotes. Mm-hmm. But Gobert, it looks like, granted this man an interview. Oh, yeah. And, and so he talks. And then obviously the, the author went and talked to some other Jazz people. You know, once, once you use source uh, instead of the play, the person's name, it could be anybody. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's literally employed by the Jazz, although it very well could be. I, I don't know when you because there was multiple sources. Yep. But I think the crux of it is what we've known uh, that Gobert wants more shots, and he believes some of those shots that he should be getting come from Mitchell's shots. I mean, that that's the – it, whatever is 5,000 – I don't think it was 10,000 words, but uh, 3,000 3, words is, is a long, very long story uh, that would be – in print, that would, that would be extremely long. I mean, 600 words is about 20 column inches to give you an idea from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And I think you have 21 – from the top of the page to the bottom of the page with excluding headlines uh, it's about 21 inches so just to give you an idea for people who don't know so the crux of the story is two things Gobert wants more shots and he thinks Mitchell's hogging the ball a little bit and then Gobert is trying to convince us that he's not that jealous I think those are the two that those are the two things that I took from that. So I think the answer to the second one, which is critical, is both yes and no. No, it can't be yes and no. It can never On, be yes and no. I think subconsciously he is. Consciously he's trying not to be, but subconsciously and he's trying he to is. convince us. He's trying to convince us yeah. and himself. And that himself. He's not yeah, jealous. I'd go with that. I, I like the way you put that. Yes. He's trying but to But he's worried us about his image too, so he's trying to convince us. Right. That it is about winning. It is about winning. I believe that. And if they do win, nobody has the right to say anything. If, if Mitchell takes 50 shots and they win the NBA title, Who cares? well, suck it up. Right. You, yeah. you may care, but shut the bleep up. Yes. No one can complain because Michael right. Jordan took 45 shots in mm-hmm. game six against the Jazz in 98 and only made 15 of them because he made the two big ones at the end. So who cares that he was 13 for 43? He went two for two at the end and they won the title. Right. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of that this morning, actually. I listened to DJ and PK, as I, I do every single morning, and I, I thought PK was pretty accurate in, in his assessment. And I, I will be curious to see if there's an adjustment in, in behavior from Rudy or Donovan. I, I would kind of the, – the comments that we've seen all the way along is Rudy kind of trying to come to grips with his own feelings, and maybe he makes the adjustment, but I don't know. If there are adjustments made, I think they'll be slight – I don't think we're going to see uh, any kind of massive changes. No, I don't think. Well, well, let me disagree with that slightly, but not because I disagree with what you're saying fundamentally. With with Bogdanovich being gone, I mean, that's a lot of shots that that have got to go somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's 15 shots that, a game that, that have that, got to yeah, go somewhere. Okay, but it, they those might actually not go to Rudy Gobert though, because without Bogdanovich spreading the floor, it'll make it much more difficult to get him the ball where he needs it. So I don't that that will change. Again, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just kind of adding to the conversation. You know, those 15 shots a game will go somewhere. I'll be really curious to see where they go. I don't. In well, fact, that'll be if fascinating. Joe, if Joe if Joe Ingles is on the floor, who's really good at getting Rudy Gobert the ball? 
It's Joe. He's the best on the yeah. team by, at it by far. So if he gets more minutes, you might see him deliver the ball to Rudy a little more. But he'll also have to shoot more. Well, and, on another and, thing and, we've, we found out about that article, Gordon, is that Rudy and Donovan have um, have put in an extreme amount of time to get a better connection on the pick and roll. And maybe, you, you know, kind of bridging the gap in our argument in the 2 o'clock hour, you know, maybe that's been a source of friction as well. They've been having a tough time getting on the same page from a, I don't know, a rhythm standpoint. Joe Ingles had that so well with uh, Derek Favors, and Ricky Rubio had that so well with Rudy Gobert. Maybe it's just been more clunky to get used to running that play together. It may be, and then Mike Conley gets woven into that as well. Right. And he hasn't been a, a pick-and-roll point guard his entire career. I mean, Gasol uh, has always been a pick-and-pop guy. So he, and, that's and not would, exactly his been his big thing either. And I would expect uh, – I, I just think Mike Conley's going to either create more shots or get more shots with Bogdanovich out. But on the Rudy jealousy thing, I, I think PK I, I think PK hits on it a little bit. And and Rudy kind of said a couple of times in that piece, you know, not not jealous of it. I get it. I get it. But kind of admitting to it is is something. And he even he even said, you know, if uh, what did he say, Gordon? What's the the quote? If thirteen uh, year old me were watching the game, he'd want to be Donovan yeah. Mitchell too. You know, like just because you get it doesn't necessarily mean the problems are fixed, right? But I think being able to talk about it is important. But Donovan doesn't uh, want to talk about it. That's yeah. that's another issue. Is, yeah. is how does Donovan react to this ESPN piece that he declined the opportunity to be interviewed for? When Donovan's message has been stop distracting from the rest of the team, and that's yeah. in fact what Joe Ingles sold to Donovan to kind of put things behind him is don't be a distraction to everybody else, and this is continuing to be a distraction. So you know, there's some mea culpa here from Rudy, but I don't necessarily think. Donovan opened this piece today from ESPN and said, oh, great, we're fine now. In fact, well, it might no. have uh, aggravated the situation more. Well, I have to assume most of what Gobert says in this particular piece he has said to Donovan. I don't know. In this piece, we learned they didn't talk for two months. Well, they, they if, if he hasn't said this to Donovan, he should. Well, and Because it's part of the communication that needs to take place. People need to know where the other guy is coming from. And if Donovan disagrees with it, then he should, uh, he should speak his mind to Rudy Gobert as well. It's the only way you can reach some kind of compromise or find peace is to actually verbalize it, in my opinion. Uh, I think that's really important to do. Uh, sometimes it's a little more difficult when it gets emotional. But that quote you were talking about, by the way, I think is worth reading. Jake, do you have that in front of you? No, I've got the whole piece, but as you say, it's it's crazy long. You'll have to give me a second. He says, he says, I don't mind Donovan being in the spotlight more than I am. I want to win games. That's it. At the end of the day, it's not like I don't have any spotlight. Donovan has a very bright personality and all that. And the way he plays, he's more fun to watch than me. If I was 12 years old, I wouldn't want to be watching blanking Rudy Gobert. I'd want to watch Donovan Mitchell. This is really this is really a heck of a quote. I wouldn't want to watch Rudy Gobert get dunks and alter shots. I'd want to watch Donovan Mitchell cross people up and do crazy layups, crazy dunks, of course. I totally understand how it works, and I'm fine with it. See, I, I'm with him up until that last part. 
Well, he's fine with that part of it. He's fine with Donovan getting getting sort of the spotlight, but I think he wants he wants to expand his game a little bit and and, and I'm not going to deny what you brought up earlier, Jake, and that is that he wants some credit too. Yeah. Well, he and he says just that in this whole piece. I mean, Rudy's a complicated guy. He really is. And we've known that for a while. He's very smart. Yes. Um, I I thought, uh, you know, the quote you used in your column where he was talking about his own relationships in his in his life. Um, I, I, I think I find that very fascinating. And there was a little bit about that in the ESPN piece where he grew up kind of the the gangly kid with glasses. I mean, mm-hmm. we all are, are a product of our our upbringing. Um and and how we proceed to go uh, through life, and it's probably kind of tough to be the the gangly kid in high school with glasses. You know, you probably yeah. are isolated to a certain extent, and of course that continues on with his his relationships uh, now. But it also doesn't, you know, excuse whether he's being um, distracting to the ultimate goal. I mean, he needs to get along with Donovan Mitchell. He needs to not when when he's on TV. Tell Donovan to pass the ball. Right, like, he needs to not. Point. He needs to not do that. That that is did, not productive. Did you notice the 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 pictures, uh, or especially the one picture that was in the piece, and the cut line is uh, after Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert became the first two NBA players to test positive for the coronavirus, their relationship was put under the microscope, and in that picture, the two of them are on the floor, and let's just say. They don't look overly happy with each other. <laughs> and I, that, that speaks a thousand words right there. These guys have to find a way to make it work, even if they sometimes disagree with each other. And even if that disagreement spurs from, from, from uh, you know, strategy. Right. And, and what's going on on the floor, not arguing over personal differences or differences in the way they go about their business. They've got to find a way to smooth that. And if I know Quinn Snyder right, this is an area he will dial in on in a big, big way because he wants those two to function well together. And if he's, he's probably already done that, but if it's somehow not been flawless, then I have a feeling he will be focusing on it and, and, and pour all kinds of attention into getting it right. You know, Gordon, that, that last bit where you were talking about right there makes me think about a show that we did at the beginning of the year or towards the beginning of the year, which feels so unbelievably long ago. But we we know Quinn Snyder and his, his talent as a coach, and he's a great coach. You know, you talk to anybody. Few out there know X's and O's and those sorts of things better. But we were we talked about how this year was going to challenge him in a different way. And maybe it was maybe we brought this up after Rudy called out the team nine games in. Maybe this was a, a fallout from that discussion. But he he this was going to be a very like Phil Jacksony type test for him this year, where he's got to get everybody pulling in the right direction. And maybe it's not all about the X's and O's for once. Maybe it's about the what do they say the Mikey's and Joes, right? Where it's about the the what is it Austin? What did I get? It's Jim. Jimmy's and Joe's. Jimmy's and Joe's. Mikey's. Mikey is the serial kid. <laughs> Jimmy's and Joe's, where where Quinn's got to do a little a little psychology, a little a little. Uh, this is such an ugly word, but manipulation, right? You know, where you you need to get the best out of your team, and you got to figure out the best way. And it's not necessarily about where the player likes his jump shot for once. It's about 
how do you get these guys to to work together and not try and prove the other one wrong? I thought that was a very insightful quote from somebody in the jazz where he said, at some point, we've got to stop trying to prove each other wrong and figure out a way to get the job done. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so that's a really good point, Jake. And it's one I hadn't really thought of. I think you hit that pretty hard before the season started. And in that equation, you were talking about Mike Conley. You yeah. were talking about Bogdanovich. And and I really didn't think that Rudy and, and Donovan were going to have any kind of rupture, but uh, they're a part of that mix too, obviously yeah. the biggest part. So, yeah, it's fascinating. And I, I do have a, a lot of respect, as you know, for Quinn Snyder, and I think he is going to look for solutions to this. And if there have been parts that have been overlooked, uh, I think the, the head coach of that team is going to do what he can to work his wonders to make that uh, make that right. Right. All right. Uh, you know what? We have a Hanson Scotty cut too for what's going on. Let's get to that coming up next. Talking about the uh, Pac-12 if they cancel non-conference games. What happens to the rivalry game with Utah and BYU? We'll get to those comments coming up right around the corner. But let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now. Our good friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic, Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, we're helping our listeners. We're helping them with relationships, and we're helping them with a subject that sometimes isn't the easiest to talk about. Yes, we are. We are helping a lot of guys with erectile dysfunction. What's interesting is that when a guy gets ED, he some of the time, maybe most of the time, does nothing at all. The problem gets worse, and we know now that ED is caused by damaged aging or blocked blood vessels. So we know the problem. Uh, We've been putting a Band-Aid on the problem for many years with pills. We finally have this acoustic wave therapy. So that enters the picture in maybe 2011. The FDA clears it as safe and effective, and we're now using it for ED. What it does is it causes a thing called neovascularization, which is the regrowth of blood vessels with microinflammation, um, kind of like breaking down a muscle in the gym, building it up stronger. We're seeing that that uh, blood vessels can regrow. We can eliminate erectile dysfunction, and we can do so without any pills, injections, or surgery. Got to imagine that's a big one, Ryan. With Wasatch Medical, or excuse me, Andrew, with Wasatch Medical Clinic in town, I can't imagine why anybody would put up with those terrible side effects for the other treatment sounds ridiculous yeah oh yeah i mean a guy taking the pill can tell you all about the headaches and the blurred vision they call it the viagra hangover this is a game changer and as far as i know it's the only non-medication approach i think when it comes to ed everything is you know a form of pill or a form of medication and this is the natural approach 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Find out more about it. 801-901-8000. In fact, Andrew, you're taking out the risk for our listeners because you're going to get them in to see the doc for free, and they can tell you whether this would uh, you'd be a good candidate for this. Yes, we want to have you screened by a doctor. Uh, not everybody is a good candidate. Most are, but we'll test your blood flow. This is really cool if you've never done it. Um, it's different than blood work. It's actually blood flow. Uh, that's all free. We'll even throw in a little special gift to those that call now that produces instant results in the bedroom. It's worth the trip. All free. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right, call them today. Find out what they can do for you. Get in and see that doctor for free. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. We'll get that clip from Hanson Scotty next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. When you come to something and you meet Sister Blake, that's a Mormon. One goes to Hugh Chasta Trailer. Wait, who who is this, Austin? Their name is the Saliva Sisters. Okay. And they do a lot of satirical, sarcastic rewrites, kind of Weird Al Yankovic type stuff. A little bit. All right. Shout out to our guy, uh, Hugh Chasta Trailer. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Today's theme for Total Request Tuesday. Uh, funny songs or band names. Tweet at us at Austin Horton at Jake Scott Zone at Gordon Monson. Gordo, should we get to the Hanson Scotty clip for what's going on today? Let's do it. Here's the boys talking about if the Pac-12 cancels non-conference games. What happens to the Utah BYU game? I don't know where I'm at exactly percentage wise, but I I'm about I'm about seventy, maybe seventy five percent sure that we're going to see Pac-12 cancel either all of their non-conference or some of their non-conference yeah 75 percent probably right now <clears throat> maybe maybe even closer to 80 i think i might be 80 85 on that so with that being said you know obviously byu stands to lose some games and utah state stands to lose some games yeah utah state had two games against the pac-12 this year including a home game which doesn't happen very often in logan so i want to put some fears to bed because i think byu fans have a lot of fears and and i think that um i i think that the sports media by and large has interest in generating fear for byu's ability to put together a schedule if the Pac-12 or if these other conferences decide to eliminate conference games. Right now, I feel like the Pac-12 is probably going to eliminate non-conference, but I feel like the Big 12, maybe the Big 10, the SEC, I feel like they that there's a more likelihood that they move forward with their non-conference. Remember, if one schedules or one cancels non-conference, that doesn't mean they all do. So with that being said, I want people to understand that if the Pac-12 starts unloading non-conference games, that puts teams out there that need another opponent. And BYU is the most quick, easy, clean pickup as they have, you know, let's say five or six games that, that come available. Let's say two conferences cancel out that eliminates a total of five BYU scheduled games. There are going to be opponents that are kicked off these schedules that BYU can pick up. Now, there might be Mount West Conference. They might be, they, they might be MEAC. They might be some of these other lesser conferences. But there's going to be teams that BYU can pick up to fill their schedule. And if the Big Ten plays or the Big 12 plays or the SEC, they're going to need non-conference fill-ins. It's just, you know, we could actually see BYU's schedule get a lot more difficult. Yes. Like, let's say the Pac-12 decides that they don't want to play non-conference or that they they can't afford it, they can't, with whatever their testing is, they can't do it. Well, that instantly opens up Ohio State, Ohio State, Alabama, Alabama. <laughs> it, it opens up some real big yeah. guns yeah. and they don't want issues with having to schedule a non-conference. They, but they, but they also want to move forward with their 12 game schedule if they, they deem to do so. And so you lose Oregon or you lose USC, but how quick can you put BYU in there? 
Now, that's up to BYU to see how much they want to try to bite off. But what I'm trying to explain to people, whether Colorado kicks Fresno off their schedule or Oregon kicks off Bama or USC kicks off Ohio State or, or vice versa, I can't remember. I, I never can remember which ones play which. But, but whether it's a, a Fresno or it's a Western Michigan or it's an Idaho State or as those teams are kicked off schedules inside the Pac-12, they open up because they want to move forward with yeah. a 12-game schedule. Yeah. So what has come back to me multiple times is – don't fret for BYU putting together a 12-game schedule. If BYU feels like they can kick off on time and have a 12-game yeah. schedule. Mm. Wow, those guys went down that rabbit hole. You know, Gordon, here's an unpopular opinion. I really feel bad for BYU's lawyer. Why? <laughs> There's going to be so much legal tape <laughs> involved in pulling off this season from BYU's standpoint. Just the sheer amount of... of uh, fighting against canceled contracts and trying to put in new contracts in a timely fashion where they can pull off a game? Like, could in order for the scenario those guys were talking about to actually be realistic, you're talking about scheduling and pulling off a game in a matter of weeks? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tall order. Well, when I was listening to those guys talk about those things, I, uh, I think college football is in doubt, at least for a timely schedule. I I don't know. I just don't know whether they're going to find a way to get it done. We talked about it yesterday. I th- I think conferences are more likely to come up with a solution than a NCAA wide standard. I really do. And I I think that's actually that's not good news for for BYU because they'll just cut the season down and do 9 games in conference and call it a day or 8 <laughs> games or whatever the case may be. Hans brings up an interesting point. What if that's what the Pac-12 does but the SEC still wants non-conference games? Do they schedule a team like BYU? I don't yeah. know. That's that's interesting. I hadn't considered that maybe heavily enough. But that gets me back to can you really schedule and pull off a game in that kind of in that Time frame. I guess you how could. Do you, how do you feel about pushing the season back to the spring? If that's what's necessary, I mean, I, Gordon, you and I have been talking about these types of solutions for months now, and and I'm I'm trying to remember, or I'm trying to remain pretty consistent. Whatever you got to do, whatever you, you whatever you've got to do to make it work, and you know what? If one solution doesn't look like it's going to work, shut it down and try again. I read a piece by Dennis Dodd, uh, his most recent uh, article, and he was essentially saying that it's kind of a last resort, but that college football is running out of time. They are. That is true. I agree with that. There is definitely a uh, a clock a ticking. Yeah. There's there's no doubt. But but the thing is that there's also a lot of desperation there, so they're going to leave the door open as long as they possibly can. <laughs> And and in as we've talked about at great length, since we're talking about different laws in different states and counties and cities and all that stuff, the different universities are going to be capable of more, some of less, and that's going to complicate things further. So um, that's why I think if you limit the scope and focus on just conferences, for example, if um, if we're talking about the Mountain West Conference, Gordon, what states are we talking about that you have to get on board? Nevada, Utah, California. California. Is that it? Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Hawaii, six, Hawaii, Hawaii seven. Okay, so maybe the Mountain West was a bad example. But it, getting seven states on the same page has got to be better than 50, right? 
Yeah. Or 49, I guess. Well, it got to be easier. In the Pac-12, what's the footprint? Washington, Oregon, California, Utah, Arizona, Colorado? That's six states? That's got to be way easier than, than the entire NCAA. But if you're looking at it from a regional standpoint, what's the difference? If Utah and BYU are in the same state, then they're operating under similar uh, leadership, right? But outside I, I, of the game. Yes, but I guess my point I guess my point is is it's easier to get six states opinion in line than 50. Right. It's so I guess it's not really the the regional nature of it that is appealing I think. It's the uh simplification of everything. Hmm. So so the actual spot in the country is not really and, and actually that's where BYU maybe has an advantage is they're not really married to a geography. If if Hans's uh, situation comes to fruition, BYU can be ready to go anywhere in this country yeah. at a drop of a hat, you know? Mm-hmm. Boy, I'll tell you, it's just uh, college football generally is not very nimble, <laughs> but various uh, organizations or institutions within it are going to have to be nimble this time right. around. If they want to save college football, and, and we know that what I think Dennis wrote that 80% of SB, FBS schools Depend on uh, what was the stat? Eighty like percent of athletic budgets come from football. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So, yeah, so they they would be fairly motivated. And another, I mean, there's so many offshoots to this. Uh, there, there is talk in his piece that even schools that might not have students on on campus might uh, push to go ahead football. There's a lot of young people's opportunities that depend on it. If you want to look at a very small part of this discussion, I mean, athletic departments can't survive <laughs> just not getting 80% of their budget, you know, and that'll cost other athletic departments within athletics uh, opportunities. And I hate to see that. Well, there, there was a quote from the Iowa State AD who essentially said, hey, if if football doesn't uh, doesn't come around uh, this this season, then then but, you know college sports is. I don't think he said doomed, but uh, it was fairly strong language. Well, SUU just the other day canceled tennis and what else, Austin? Do you remember off the top of your head? Was it tennis and volleyball? Uh, yes. And we haven't even gotten the word if football is going to be canceled or not. And there's a school that's already eliminating sports. And you guys Ooh. mentioned, I believe, Boise State. Uh, uh, what, yeah, baseball, what did they cancel? Baseball and uh, something was it volleyball? I know it was baseball, but it's it's yeah. I mean they they're motivated, they're desperate, but I just don't know. I I think the whole shebang might be uh, pushed out, and we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, we we have heard from school presidents in the South that are pretty <laughs> pretty determined to have it played. Well, not just the South. Uh, I heard Scotty talking his show uh, on his show today about you know he's had some conversations with some folks around town and the uh, the prevailing opinion about Montana and Montana State is they don't care if they have to play each other ten times they're going to play <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to have people watch so it's it's not just the South. Huh, interesting. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I we'll get more information as time time goes by. But man, that hourglass has been flipped over, and those sands are just flying through there. They've got to get this thing figured out within. You know, I I think a lot of people, a lot of the administrators I've seen, have said it has to be settled 
in July. has to be settled within the next couple of weeks. All right, we'll have a Mountain America Market update coming up next. want to remind you about our friends at Little Caesars. Uh, Gordon, we're going to be out at Little Caesars in Vineyard coming up on Thursday, July 9th from 2 to 6, 554 North Mill Road in Vineyard. So come see us. It's a brand new location. And also with the Jazz coming back, they're bringing back their promotion. When the Jazz win, you win with Little Caesars. And make sure and come by and visit us on Thursday. Mountain America Market Update next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Shout out to Jim, who wanted a little flock of seagulls on this total request Tuesday. The big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for another Mountain America Market Update. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our friend Mark Cabanilla with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Mark. Hey, how's it going? We're great, man. Uh, how'd those markets do today? Well, so just a little kind of an interesting day. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 396 points, or 1.5%. Uh, NASDAQ had hit a record high, but closed down lower at um, 0.9%. And then the S&P slid as well, 1.1%. So there was some good news in the morning, and then you kind of just tapered off with some selling later in the afternoon. And I just kind of think this is going to continue for a while. Again, just kind of rocky road with more COVID cases coming out and you know, states not really knowing what they're going to do. So, but things should be coming back here pretty soon, hopefully. So, given that rocky road, do you have any advice for our listeners? Yeah, it's something that I've kind of been thinking a lot about right uh, recently is I don't know if it's necessarily off topic, but I got a lot of people who come in here who don't have pension plans or they don't really have a source of income in retirement. You know, they're more concerned about oh, how much is my account going to grow. There's a stat that only you know, 13% of people right now in corporate America have defined pension plans, which is down from in the 80s, 76% of people had pensions. So now everybody just has, you know, Social Security to depend on and hopefully a good 401k or retirement account. But we're just wondering how do people, you know, get income in retirement? So I think that's something just want people to think about and take a second and think, how am I going to, you know, if I have this million dollar account, how much income can I get from that? You know, if markets do well, what does that mean when I'm in my retirement age and how, how am I going to survive off of that account? And so just focus on, 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 on those things. And I think, you know, people might be able to kind of change some things in their plan and focus on income. Mark, we appreciate you checking in with us. Thanks. No problem. See you guys. It's our friend Mark Cabanilla from Mountain America Investment Services. And that is another Mountain America Market Update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, there you go. Another Mountain America market update. Rondo Felberg is going to join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk to the former BYU Athletic Director. Um, Gordon, I just uh, uh, found a Rolling Stone article that was published uh, recently about Charlie Daniels, who unfortunately passed away yesterday. Uh-huh. And the article uh, is a headline, Charlie Daniels Meets the Beatles and Bob Dylan. 
Now, uh, <laughs> let's let's rank those three in order of musical genius. When he says when it says meets, what does he mean by that? So I haven't uh, I haven't totally read this whole thing. I I, I have it up in front of me. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's the subheadline. In a largely unpublished interview, the late country musician, singer, and producer talked about the momentous few months when he worked with three of Rock's greats. Hmm. All right. Well, if I were going to rank them, and I, he was I, working with, by the way, if this matters, he was working with just George Harrison and Ringo Starr. Hmm. Well, I have the Beatles at the top of that list, followed by Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Charlie Third. Well, I mean, it's exactly opposite of mine. A distant third, a far distant third. I probably not even this it's same paragraph. No. I think I'd go Bob one, Charlie two, Beatles three. See now you're just trolling. No, I told you yesterday I really like the song "Uneasy Rider." And the the devil went down to Georgia as genius, uh, and and, and kind of marrying the hippie culture with country music that was a thing. And there's there's no genius in what the Beatles did, copying co- copying the Hermits Hermits. No, and over and over and over again. See here here's where I'll, if I could throw my two cents in here, fellas, I think Charlie Daniels goes at number one because he not only wrote but also performed his music better than others that tried to cover it. Whereas Bob Dylan was a great songwriter and a terrible singer. Everyone that does a Bob Dylan song does it better than Bob Dylan. And that's the same, in my opinion, for the Beatles. Okay. All right. You know. Interesting. We all three of us had different answers. The ignorance of youth. What do you mean youth? youth. Like 39 <laughs> years old, man. The ignorance of youth. <laughs> It's just because it's the easy answer. That's why you go with it. Is because you know nobody no, can argue with it. It's do the I, Beatles. Do I, it's do like, I not? Do I not sound like I believe what I'm saying? Uh, maybe, but the point is, you're maybe. also you're also the guy who picks the number one seat every year. What do you mean? You maybe? know, of course, those, those the are, Beatles are, are your those favorite are, those band. Are, those, are, those are completely different issues. The, uh, the Beatles, and and look, I'm not alone in this, and that's okay, because what you're doing is you're turning the consensus. Against me, of course. Just you're because, not alone just in because, this. just because most people believe it. <laughs> come on, Jake. What do you mean? Don't, come on! Don't, don't insult our listeners. I'm not Charlie insulting Daniels I'm not, ahead of the Beatles. I'm not insulting come anybody, on. any anyone. I'm oh, just saying man. that we don't always need to go with the popular opinion. The popular opinion is not always. Oh right. yeah, that's defined my career, hasn't it? Going with the popular opinion—that's <laughs> what I am. I'm a populist, man. I know because you pick you pick the number one seeds. I know, I know. I pick the number one seeds, but that's got nothing to do with my opinions. It's it's just you go you, Lobos. <laughs> that was that was uh, that was funny. See right there with the masses. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a Lobos fan. It's a joke. Gordon. I know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the whole the whole thing with the Lobos was a joke. I have no connection to the Lobos. What? That's sad. I thought you were you were deep down. Uh, what is there left to believe in now? Blood red and silver, or whatever their colors are. Blood red? Is that what you said? No. What What is New Mexico's color? Isn't it red and silver? Blood red. I didn't say. Silver? I didn't say blood red. I, I just did. said. I thought you bled ah. red and silver. 
I thought you said blood red. Did you really? No, I thought you... (laughs) Sorry. The colors are a little morbid. I thought you bled red and silver. They're blood red and aged silver. Blood red and they're silver in them there hills. Yeah, I'm not a Lobos fan. That was just a joke. Could have fooled me. You picked him like 20 times against the Jimmer. I'm heartbroken. (laughs) I don't know what else I can count on. He loved him some Brian Erlacher, but apparently no more. So really, the Beatles had a Charlie Daniels, huh? I mean, don't even insult our listeners with uh, this ranking. I'm not insulting anybody. Could maybe the, could maybe the, Beatles, the Beatles a little bit. Could the Beatles play a fiddle? I think not. Great point. Great point. And isn't it? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the the Americans. In this, uh, in this, oh, there you know, we I'm, go. I'm, I'm not going to go with the Brits. Are we refighting the Revolutionary War? I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to side with uh, America. <laughs> MMGA you, you make can, music great again? Yeah, Is you, that where you're going? No, here? I'm just know. saying Gordon can kiss up to the Queen all he wants. It's not my, <laughs> it's just not my prerogative. I, I uh, just let me say this to our listeners. I'm sorry. I apologize for my. My partners here. I mean, I'm really sorry that you had to be subjected to such ignorance. And I'm sorry you dig in your heels on the pronunciation of the word Porsche. But here we are. <laughs> oh, Gordon, I'm sorry. I do enjoy pushing your buttons. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Rondo Felberg is going to be with us, the former BYU athletic director We'll ask him about uh, the future, the fate of college sports, so stay tuned for that. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. And Andrew, we're helping our listeners out today with something very important, relationships. Yes, we are. And this is kind of the icky subject that so many couples don't want to talk about. It's ED. And, you know, a guy, he gets erectile dysfunction. Sometimes he does nothing at all. Maybe he orders supplements online or he experiments with the pill all of which cause side effects, and some of the time they don't have a work in the first place. So Wasatch Medical uh, has a breakthrough technology that does not require any medication. It's treating the root cause problem of ED, which is damaged blood vessels. And it's very interesting. Um, if there are listeners out there struggling, go to the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com. Read some of those journals, some of those articles, and see what they're saying about this technology. This is a game changer. We can eliminate erectile dysfunction, and we can do so with no pills, no injections, no surgery. And typically, Jake, uh, it's two to three weeks. So think about that. We would be before the month is out. You could be finished with the treatments and throw those pills away. You could be finished with the treatments and ready to go with a bunch of summer left. You you could, yes. I mean, let's call it the last week of July, normal and natural spontaneity in the bedroom. So if you're 50 years old, let's say, out there listening, think of what it was like in your mid-30s. Nothing, you know, it's not going to be teenage abnormal, but it's going to be mid-30s, that normal type of function. So many couples crave that. They want that back, and they don't want to be a slave to the pills. All right, 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000. And I know people are worried about this with this subject and and kind of uh, don't want to talk about it or deal with it, but now is the time because you can get it looked at and for no risk whatsoever. 
Yes, meet with the doctor for free. We'll do the consultation, the exam. This is a chance for you to ask a lot of questions that nobody's been able to answer for you, maybe not your own doctor. Uh, We'll also do a blood flow ultrasound, which is really cool. You'll hear for probably the first time your blood flow and know if there's any blockages. That's all free, plus a little special gift. I've never seen this fail. Produces instant results in the bedroom. That is free as well. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Jake. All right, give him a call today, 801-901-8000. Rondo Fe- Felberg joins the show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.